Today on the Whatsoever Things show, well, it's me. The guys wanted to interview me. So you get to hear my story, how my wife and I got together, and my journey from youth pastor to staff geek. And normally right here I say, it's another great show, so here we go. But since this one's all about me, that just sounds arrogant. So here we go. Well, hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Whatsoever Things show, a podcast designed to stimulate your mind, tickle your funny bone, and encourage your faith. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Welcome to another episode of the Whatsoever Things podcast. To my left, I have Sir Thomas Hickman. Hello! <laughs> to the right, Josh Hamlin. I always forget you're going to do that. And to my right, Josh Hamlin. Yep. <laughs> He's such a loser. Uh-huh. <laughs> and in the South End Zone, Pastor Daniel. South End Zone. Roll Tide Roll. <laughs> so uh, today's guest is none other than Pastor Daniel. Hey. The man, the myth. Well, nah, I wouldn't really say he's a legend. <laughs> well, he's uh, you in know, my own mind. Yeah, maybe. Uh, the few comments we've had on our podcast, one was, I want to hear from Pastor Daniel. I wasn't sure he even existed until now. <laughs> You've never seen me in the same room as Batman, right? That's true. <laughs> we haven't. So let me go over a brief background of what I found in my investigation on Pastor Daniel. <laughs> you talking about my LinkedIn that I haven't so, Wait, you got to... <laughs> oh, go ahead. Mike's yeah. working as a private eye yes. part-time. Oh, he is, yes. man. He will, uh, he will do some research on you. What'd you find about me? Okay, Daniel. Well, this is from our website, the Oxford Assembly of God. He has always been a geek. Yeah, so, I, I get that. Excelling at all things digital. His hmm. first role here was youth pastor. And uh, that has uh, youth pastor plus uh, AV and support services and uh, IT, and now he's fully online pastor. Um, I have the, uh, I can either um, uh, justify or, or I, I was part of the team to hire Pastor oh, Daniel. Man. So this is so, your fault. I wouldn't have yes. admitted that. Yes. <laughs> Does that keep you up at night or <laughs> no, sleep not well? Anymore. No, not okay. anymore. No, right. no. It, it paid itself off. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty thankful it went down. <laughs> um, I remember when, you know, I think what the deciding, what was the deciding factor, Mike? Because I think I know. I don't, I don't. What look, do you think I you know, Josh? Recall. So back in those days. <laughs> You talking about last year? Or no. are you talking about ten years ago? No. Ten, yeah. How long has it been, Pastor Daniel? Ten, ten, June. Ten Daniel years. showed up here with his pregnant wife Amanda. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And uh, he sat in Sunday school at our Sunday school class. And Mike Rumor was the teacher back then. And he would try to get somebody to say something, you know, make it a discussion. And Daniel spoke up and said something in Sunday school. And Mike's like, "I'm hiring that guy." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Would, would he read a verse and then go, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, that's that? exactly what Mike did. So don't, don't give me a hard time. Um, he did a great interview, and it was exactly what we needed. And I, so proud to say I, I'm one of the ones that hired him. That's how I'm going to say Proud to say. Uh, he, we stole him. He was the youth pastor at the Rock Church in Valdosta, Georgia. Before that, he was the youth volunteer and technology director at the Faith Lighthouse Church. Mm-hmm. And Plant City. Where? What year was that? I made up that title. By what, the way. what year was that? <laughs> uh, two thousand 
six so through eight. Technology directly? All well, things on, related you, to you audio, volunteer, video, there? lighting were his yeah, responsibility. Yeah, you can make up any title. When you're That's a volunteer, you can make up any title you want. Technology director in 2002, you said? Six, 2006. 2006. Okay. So yeah, technology was, was, was like beyond DOS. Sh- so it was... Figuring out the copy machine for yeah. everybody? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it a Sabre copy machine? No, so he did. I don't think they ever had a copy machine. Thunder Mifflin and Sabre. Pastor Daniel, do you own a red stapler? Do I own a red stapler? Yes. No, I don't think I do. Okay, that's an office. Okay. <laughs> it's been a while. Now, could you please speak into the mic a little better? Thank you. <laughs> How about this? Is that better? Yeah. <laughs> um, he before that though, he worked at Friedman Jewelers, and. So do you know about, like, diamonds and stuff? You mean cut, color, clarity, and carrot? Whoa. Yeah. Do you yeah. know? Okay. Stay away from my wife's wedding ring. Just tell her it's beautiful and it looks high quality. <laughs> That's Curious a fine wedding ring. That's all I know. That's a beautiful rock. Uh, yeah, so. exactly. She loves it. That's all we need to know. And so, uh, and I mentioned this to Daniel today, that, uh, that I threw that out there just to give you guys some meat to chew on and... There's nothing wrong with a cubic zirconium, by the way. Well, the funny thing is I worked at a jewelry store. I managed a jewelry store. Got great discounts. Wife doesn't like jewelry. Isn't that fantastic? My wife doesn't either. Like, whenever it's fantastic, except when you get good discounts on it, you kind of wish you did. I know. Because whenever we were dating and, like, we were talking about getting engaged and married, she was like, listen, do not spend. If you're going to spend a lot of money, buy me a cheap ring and a four-wheeler. I was like, I'm definitely marrying you. Wow. For sure I'm marrying you. (laughs) Amanda was the same way. Not so much the four-wheeler part, but, you know, she's not impressed by expensive jewelry. She wanted a, a ring and a PlayStation. Uh, she doesn't like she doesn't like video games mostly because she knows that I will play them and not give mm-hmm. anybody else any attention in my yeah. house. So she doesn't allow me to play <laughs> video games. <laughs> That's pretty much the way it goes. Getting a whole new insight on you. I like it. Yes, <laughs> but I I'd, I'd always I guess I'm jumping ahead, but I, I'd always when I was praying for a wife. <clears throat> Because you're supposed to do that, right? Yes. <laughs> and, oh, uh, yeah. We can talk. We can go down but this I was, road. I was specific. I, I, I knew exactly what I wanted in a wife. And I, <laughs> I wanted a strong-willed woman. A woman who, if I told her to do something, she'd say, do it yourself. And I, that's pretty much what I got. Man, that sounds terrible. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. What you got, Josh? I can so, see it. I can see it. <laughs> I heard a story one time of a youth leader dating someone in the youth group are you okay with that sort of thing you Not know anymore. someone who's like 20 what 4 25 dating a 17 year old talking about 17 year old little, little girl <laughs> so go ahead and mark it down where you want to edit that. so I'm, I'm guessing you want that story yes so, so let's let me read uh he's got to explain himself we can't just leave it there so he has one recommendation on linkedin from somebody i don't know if it was, patrick and it said daniel was a true pleasure an asset to manage. A day did not go by when he did not challenge me Whoa. to the fullest of my ability. I mean this in a good way. It is easy to always see things the way one chooses. However, it is definitely a true gift when someone pushes you outside of your own box in order to view a situation from another perspective. That is, that is what Daniel does. He makes you think. I am confident in knowing Daniel would be a true asset to any organization. Wow. 
Did you write that, Daniel? I wrote it down and submitted it on his behalf. <laughs> that, was, that was Patrick. He was my boss at the time when I worked for Altel Wireless when I sold cell phones. Wow. That Did was you after not like him? Jewelry. Uh, no, Patrick was awesome, but he was. Was he an Auburn fan? No. Is that the problem? <laughs> this was in Lakeland. They don't even know what Auburn is in oh, Lakeland, yeah. Florida. <clears throat> no, Pat, Patrick was a Democrat and I was a Republican. So that's pretty much where the challenging came from. We had lots of heated conversations about things. <laughs> so but he, he was a great guy to work for. He was very. Um, he was very open-minded about things. I liked to think at the time I was open-minded. So we had some great discussions he, and he was a great boss. He pushed me to be better at my job. So, uh, I wrote him a good, um, recommendation too <laughs> on LinkedIn. So we, we exchanged them. Mm-hmm. And pastor Daniel, you got your education through the Berean yes. study. Okay. Berean, you know, back before online college was a thing, you had to mail it in. So I got my correspondence, um, degree. It's not a degree. I got my correspondence education through Berean University. It's a license to preach. Mm-hmm. So, but I did that in Ormond Beach, in Daytona Beach mm-hmm. area. Um, I went to Bible school there. They used Berean as the schoolwork. Were so, you, were you in Russ in Ormond at the same time? No, no, no. Okay. He's Russ, a older. Well, you know, I'm from Ormond Beach. I grew up there, but I think I had moved away to the. This is the year 2000. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, I was, they, in, they I was used... in Tallahassee. Yeah. They used Berean as the Also known as God's Country. <laughs> National wow. Championship, 1993-1999-2013. Are we really going to name National <laughs> Championship years? Yeah, uh, I, I don't think we should do that. Not with, with uh, in the room. Not with an Alabama fan here. here. <laughs> we got two stolen from us in a wide right. I think we had two given to us. So. Well, I, I think to make up for it, y'all stole some crab legs. So, <laughs> Wow, we're going down that road, aren't we? No, so the the Bible school I went to, they used Berean as their as their schoolwork, but we did Berean in the morning uh, as a group. There was a group of us there that went through. It was about a dozen of us, I guess, I think. And so we did Berean in the morning, our schoolwork, our Bible training. But then in the afternoon, we um, were free. I had a job in the afternoon. That's when I worked at Chick-fil-A. Oh, um, the Lord's Chicken. Yes, the Lord's Chicken. It was <laughs> awesome. I yeah, It was a lot of grease, but... Um, and then the evenings we did ministry. So in the mornings we did book work and the evenings we did practical ministry training and they put us in every, it was a big church. So they put us in every ministry you could think of just kind of exposing us to various things throughout oh, the church. Okay. And then we had certain ministries that we had to, to, to be involved with and some that we could choose. So, so that's what I did a couple of years. Well, that's good. That's interesting. Cause mm-hmm. that's, that builds upon the, just the Berean. Mm-hmm. And then you got the ap- actual application. It was the so, the master's commission model. If you, they don't really do many of those anymore, but it was the master's commission model without the name. Were you but, were you raised in church, or were you just? Yes, uh, I was raised in church. <laughs> I don't have. Uh, what you were raised in church in Pensacola, Florida. Yes. Correct? Okay. Not 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 Lower Alabama, but you know, Flor- uh, Pensacola is only about five minutes from Alabama, right? Okay. So, so yes. you know the town of Midway. <laughs> was where the state capital was going to be located, midway between Jacksonville and Pensacola. Oh, something like that. It was. It was awesome. (laughs) So I grew up in church um, and mostly, oh yeah, got to get in the mic. I grew up in church, um, but my my parents drug me to to church um, often. And, um, but they, they got, they got divorced when I was four and so I lived with my mom for a couple of years, and then I moved to live with my dad for a couple of years, and I, I visited between them. Um, but they both stayed involved somewhat in church uh, over the years, um, kind of hit and miss for a while. But I stayed involved, and then when I got old enough to be in the youth, um, I 
got involved in the youth program. I was a good kid growing up. I wasn't the kid that always did. Uh, Would was your doing parents say the same? I think so. Because you're tooting your own horn over here. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on how you look at it. Because uh, I, I don't. The, the testimony that I have to share is not one where I was delivered from drugs that I was into all these things that a lot of people have to share. My testimony is is God delivered me from mediocrity. I guess I, I just <laughs> I, I would just kind of existed. Uh, I wasn't a, a bad kid. I was a good kid, but I, I didn't do good because I I was serious about my faith at the time. I did good because I was too scared to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's pretty much the case. I, I I was never. I've always been a rule follower. Um, <laughs> I never did bad things because I knew that there was consequences behind it. So I just didn't do them, and mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. pretty much it. Uh, I existed, just kind of existed along until. Um, I was working, I was actually working for our church. I I had already graduated high school. I chose not to go to college for some stupid reason. And, uh, I'm going to find myself, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I was working my, our pastor needed somebody to work in the office. So I worked in our church office, um, as, um, doing the, you know, the books, the, the, um, the, the printing and computer stuff. Fixing the coffee machine. Yeah. Fixing the coffee (laughs) machine. It stayed fixed. Um, so he, it was summertime. Uh, I I had kind of been feeling like he, he's the Eli of the. It's pretty much of the nineteen nineties. <laughs> That's pretty much the case. He's he's my little mini me. Um, but it was the middle of the summer, and I had kind of been feeling I had been around church all my life. I was working for a church. I, my faith was really beginning to grow. I was around pastors all the time. I was really beginning to feel like God wanted me to do something in ministry, but I wasn't sure what it was. Um, all I knew is I didn't like kids. <laughs> I'm talking about little kids. <laughs> oh, okay. Little kids. Um, so it was the middle of the summer and the district, this is in the West Florida district, the district called our church office and said, we need, it's kids camp. It's the week of kids camp and we need counselors. We're really short of counselors and we need one. And my pastor didn't ask me. He just said, okay, I got you. I'm sending somebody right now. And then came in the office and said, okay, pack your stuff. You're going down to, to kids camp. I'm like, you know, I don't do kids, right? Pastor, I he said, I, I didn't ask. I said, I'm going to pay you for the week. You're on the job. So go to kids camp. Okay. So I went to kids camp and it was at kids camp. Um, I had really been, been, like I said, I felt like I was, I was, um, called to the ministry somehow, but I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. Um, but I, I felt drawn towards youth ministry. I wanted to, I, I liked working with teenagers. I was just barely not a teenager at the time. And I liked working with teenagers. I liked being around them. So um, I kind of felt maybe youth ministry was a thing, but I wasn't sure what to do or if that was for real. And while at kids camp, I confirmed that I was not called to kids ministry while I was at kids camp. Because <laughs> Lord it was, works in mysterious ways. It was awful. <laughs> um, it wasn't awful, but I, I, I just, I don't do kids. But, um, but one of the other uh, counselors there came up. He said, listen, um, God told me to tell you that he's already told you what you need to be, do, need to be doing. So go do it. And that was pretty much it. It wasn't a super spiritual moment. It wasn't even during church. It was after church, long after church. He just said, God told you what to do, so go do it. So, okay. So I started looking into options of where, where do I go to, to pursue this? And that's when it ended up, ended up in Ormond. Hmm. Uh, what denomination was that church that you worked in? And when I meant I called you Eli, I meant Samuel because he called for Eli. I was, I was I'm not quick. Like you're the Samuel of the 1990s. Thanks. Working at living at the church. What, was Pretty it, much all the time. What was it? Assembly of God? Mm-hmm. Was it okay? I grew up in Assembly of God. Uh, my my parents, my grandmother was an Assembly of God pastor. 
she was very old school, the um, skirts and bobby pins, and uh, very Pentecostal. Pentecostal, like when you think of Pentecostal. Like the bun? Yeah, but not just in style. Like she was fire and brimstone, Holy Ghost filled. <clears throat> she she had the gift of, of tongues. Um, so when God gave a message in tongues, she was usually the one oh, that well. gave it, except... She would wait to the quietest, most somber of moments oh, yeah. that you could possibly think of and went off like yeah. an explosion and scared scared me to death every time. I, I usually knew it was coming. I was a kid, so I grew up around this. And she I knew it was coming. It was one of those moments. Would, yeah, it was one of those off. moments in church where you knew that, that God was about to speak. And I, I, I was waiting. I was cringing because I, she was standing beside me and I knew <laughs> that she was going to give it. And, and it still scared me to death. She She was in a somewhere in South America doing a missions trip years ago. And uh, um, she, like I said, she had the gift of tongues. So she did what she normally does and gave the the message in tongues. But in that neighborhood that they were in, in South America, it was known for drive-by shootings. So when she started, <laughs> she started giving a message in tongues and everybody dove under the pews, scared everybody to death. Way to be a machine gun right there. Yes. So oh, when I say, I, I have a lot of Pentecostal heritage um, and, and I really all I knew was Assembly of God churches. I studied some things afterwards, but I'll, I grew up in Assembly of God. I've pretty much always been Assembly of God. And so you uh, grew up in Assembly of God church. Mm-hmm. Then you went to work for the church mm-hmm. and was that a was what was the size of the church it was in Pen- did you go to the this was Brownsville our home, revival at all it was our home church um wasn't was it brownsville um there are other churches in pensacola yes. for those listening um <clears throat> but um, <laughs> jamie pulled that up <laughs> so um it was it, our home church is amanda and i both attended that church um and it was it was running about 300 okay or so at the time and you found the Bible school in Ormond at the... They, it was actually, he was the, the, the pastor of that church. He yeah. was uh, one of, he was kind of well-known in that district as a camp speaker. He, okay. They had gotten him, Jim Rayley, yeah. um, excellent uh, camp speaker. So uh, he had, he's the pastor of that church. So he had put out some information and I picked it up and followed up. So where did Amanda come in the story? <laughs> We're probably gonna this is it. what everyone wants to know. So <clears throat> give the people what they want, Pastor Daniel. <laughs> After I graduated um, Bible school, I went to work for what was my other home church. I had two home churches because my dad and my mom were divorced, so I went to two churches. So it was my mom's church. And um, Did everybody else there call it your mom's church? Yeah, because they all knew me. Oh, okay. Um, They were like, this is Daniel's mom's church. (laughs) Well, it kind of... It's... When you... You know, the the Bible says that a, a prophet is not respected in his hometown mm-hmm. it's not that i wasn't respected yes. but it was really hard for them to see me as anything but the little kid running around yeah, making yeah. trouble so uh but I, I i felt like god called me there i called the pastor i said hey listen y'all need a youth pastor i feel like god's calling me to be a youth pastor what do you think and so i went and talked to him and interviewed and i was there for three years ended up being youth pastor there for three years um I felt like God, uh, after three years, I felt like God was moving me on. I wasn't sure what that meant, but God was moving me on. So I, for a little while, I just got a job selling jewelry um, <laughs> and uh, was kind of waiting on the Lord. What, what are we doing? I went back to my other home church, um, the, the other one that I grew up in where Amanda was going. She was, at that time, she was about 17. I was 24. <clears throat> so, so, but God had already called her to ministry separate than me. He'd already called her to ministry. She was already planning to go to Southeastern. That was already her plan. Um, her youth pastor kind of um, um, 
set us up. Okay. <laughs> so he's, he, he, call, he call, he's the one that called her parents and says, listen, I got a guy that I think would be great uh, for, for your, your daughter, but he's a little older. But I knew her parents because we actually played church softball together years ago. <laughs> so they knew who I was. They were actually comfortable. With it. I had the, her youth pastor's permission. I had her parents' mm-hmm. permission. I didn't have her permission at first, but um, <laughs> she... That's kind of important one, Daniel. <laughs> it was. Um, our first date was a pity date. She really didn't want to go out with me, but she could, didn't have a date to say I'm no. Um, but I, I, guess I, I, I guess I won her over with my lack of ability to date. <laughs> lack of ability to date i'm not exactly mr smooth what it's, what happened Daniel? okay hold on this is what's gonna happen it's not that anything went badly this friday night you and i are gonna go on a date <laughs> you're gonna show me what you how did. you date i need to i need to i need to know what's going on here i'm not sure what, what did what you to say do to that you must have done something i didn't do anything wrong i just wasn't smooth at all i was mr nervous i was mr clumsy I know that may be surprising like to some, the, but I'm a geek. Did you do like the yawn and stretching your arms out? Then no, I wasn't brave enough for any of that. Um, he pulled up. Some people call me the space cowboy. <laughs> he turned some that up on his radio, on his mom's car. No, I'm just no um, it. I don't know. It. I just wasn't any good at dating. I hadn't done it at all. So mm. she was technically my first girlfriend. First, um, first girl I'd really dated. I, I did go on one date in high school, but I'm, it was just once, and that really count so she was really technically the first girl i ever dated um but once i relaxed and she accepted date number two i'm not sure why but then i relaxed and quit trying so hard (laughs) she probably had such a good time laughing with her girlfriends afterwards they were like you have to do this again i completely understand because the first date i took my wife on my now wife well my wife she told me there will not be a second date. <laughs> she told you that? No so, way. Just, so I understand where you're Whoa. Where you're I told my wife there will not be a second date. What is wrong with you guys? <laughs> wow. Uh, what about you, Josh? No. I think she pursued him. That's the story I heard. But that's a story Wait, for another podcast. Isn't she older than you by a few months? A yeah, year. About a year. A year? Okay. Our so, first date, we, we told her mom we we're going to go to the movies. I'm like, nah, we're going to blow that. Let's go do something else. And Misty is such a rule follower. She I, she probably didn't want to go on a second date with me. So, Pastor Daniel, this is about you. Sorry. This is your life. Well, she, I don't know why, she agreed to go out on another date with me. Um, I told her I would wait if, if she was uncomfortable. How about next week? So, she's like, what, you waited a week? Yeah, how about that? So, we went, <clears throat> went out again, and that time I was a little more comfortable. I wasn't trying so hard. And uh, that time we, we actually clicked that time. So not too long later, we were in, engaged. I proposed during Hurricane Katrina. Um, Hurricane huh. Katrina hit New Orleans, as most people know. Huh. Um, but uh, it was close enough to Pensacola that we were everything was closed. Everything was out. So we were walking around a park in Pensacola, and I proposed during Katrina. So, so when we have Amanda Hahn on, we're going to ask her the same questions <laughs> and see if she comes up with the same story. Yes. We'll see. We'll have to remember this episode number. Yeah. We'll see. So then you followed her to Lakeland when she went to... In my defense, so. <laughs> I went to Lakeland first. She, was, she told me, she says, I've already made plans. So I'm going to Southeastern. Whatever you're doing, I don't know, but I'm going to Southeastern. So um, I knew I, I need to either propose or give it up. Mm-hmm. So I, I proposed and, and, uh, so this was in 2006. Um, uh, she, well, I proposed in 05, but that was when did Katrina hit late summer, 2005. 
Um, so we set a date for July of 2006. And um, so I knew that she, we were going to be moving to Lakeland. So I moved to Lakeland a couple of months early and got an apartment, started working. I got a job at Friedman's Jewelers, which you mentioned. And I uh, got an apartment set up, started, you know, I don't know, getting pans and pots and <laughs> you towels. Were nesting. <laughs> yeah, I was nesting because I'd never, you know, I'd, I'd never had a place. So um, I, I was nesting. Exactly. I got a place set up. So in uh, the weekend before, the weekend I got married, I drove back to Pensacola. Actually, I flew back to Pensacola because we were going to be driving her car back to Lakeland for, our, um, well, after our honeymoon. So flew back to Pensacola. Um, we got married and uh, that was it. And you had, you had already had your um, license. Yes. Yeah. By this I, time. Yeah. I had my license by the time. Yeah. Um, just interested based off of being a part of her education and what you learned in the Berean and also hands-on at that. Mm. But how was, how do you, how does that kind of. Well, so what I did was um, she went to college. Uh, she went to Southeastern university. I didn't go to college, um, but I got, what I got was a little more practical, but I grew up in the church. She didn't, she was a bus kid. Um, mm. Even though mm-hmm. they didn't have a bus, she was a bus kid. Um, that's how she got to church. Her parents didn't really go to church um, very much. They were priesters. Christmas and Easter's. Oh, um, so, but she lived the our home church was up the hill from her house. It was a quarter mile from her her house. So, um, so that's you know how we we got connected. But she she went to Southeastern, but didn't did, since she didn't grow up in church. She didn't know the Bible yet. She knew what her youth pastor had taught her, but that was very you know just you know a couple of years worth. So she, you have an entrance exam and an exit exam. They're pretty much the same, so they can see what you learn over the years. And she didn't know anything, and she was really upset because she thought it was it was important. It, she didn't realize it was just a measure. So she was really upset. I didn't know any of these things. So, But after her college education, mm-hmm. she knew everything, or, well, yes. the things on that test. And uh, so I, when I went to Bible college or Bible school, what, what I learned was it filled in a lot of the gaps because I grew up in, in the church. I went to Sunday school. I went to Royal Rangers. I went to all the stuff. I knew the Bible really well by the time I went to Bible school, but I didn't know the really deep stuff. I learned the really deep stuff, the deep theology. I learned, I filled in a lot of the blanks of things that I thought I knew, but didn't know well. Um, so I, I knew, I guess, surface level stuff really good, but Bible school actually taught me the, the depths mm-hmm. of some of the theology and things like that. Did that answer your question? Yeah, but did you also, as part of her education, did you go to <clears throat> services there? And So you're talking about when she was in college? Yes. So uh, we started looking for a church. Of course, we started it at Victory. That's the big church in Lakeland. Yes. And um, But I actually had an old friend, uh, well, actually a friend of my parents, called me out of the blue uh, not too long after we got married, a couple of weeks, I think, and said, hey, um, I heard you got married. Congratulations. Thanks. Um, I have a church in Plant City, which is, you know, 30, 20, 20 minutes from Lakeland. I'd like for you to come visit. So we went and visited, and that ended up for three years while she was in college. That was our home church. We we served the youth pastor there because she was studying youth ministry. I had already been a youth pastor, but I was we were we were waiting while she was going to school. So we just served in youth ministry there. Um, that youth pastor um, ended up m- moving, and um, we we um, temporarily ran the youth ministry for a couple of months, and then they hired another youth pastor, and we served under under them for a couple of years. So. Um, so that was when you talked about at the Faith Lighthouse Church, I was the, 
a youth youth volunteer, but I was also the technology. I was the geek. Again, I made up that title because I was a volunteer, and you can do that when you're a volunteer. Yeah, so. that's the best thing about volunteering. You can't get fired. Right. Yeah. So I made stuff up. But I, w- I was one of the geekiest people there. I, w- I was an untrained geek, um, but I was a geek. So I, I, I poked all the buttons. I helped with the sound system and the video system and all that stuff, too. And so your your um, it's an interesting background of growing up in the church, working in the church, and, and how you uh, took your Bible school. Your technology side, did you get that from working for the cell phone company and working for uh, this some ancient store? Uh, ancient was, store? Radio Shack? Was that <laughs> like, was, well, what's that guy, what's the artist that draws the old uh, American history? Uh, Orwin, uh, oh, uh, uh, yeah, Rockefeller. Rockefeller. Not, not Rockefeller. No, no. Rockwell. 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 Norman, Norman Rockwell. Rockwell. That's it. Is, is that store like in a Norman Rockwell? It That's feels like it is. <laughs> I, I worked when I was the Give first. Some transistors. The first church I was a youth pastor at Midway. Um, that was a small <laughs> church. They couldn't afford a, a youth pastor, so I worked at Radio Shack. Well. Um, while I was there. Well, I worked at Radio Shack half the time I was there. The other half the time, I worked for the United States Navy. So I actually had a national security clearance Do for a while. What? Doing what? I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. No, come on. Just, hey, oh. if you think you can kill me, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm, gonna leave, I'm just going to leave Where that there and not answer the it. Martians? Martians? Come on, dude, you're going to kill me. I'm going to kill That's myself. Awesome. You really want to know? It's yes. not impressive. It's got to be. I'm going to make you wait. <sighs> well... We'll talk about it after the show. So you, uh, so yourself, so you worked in cell phone and you Radio Shack. Or were you always kind of? Well, a, I mean, you, you say you've always been a geek, but here, you can play. Geek. You can play musical instruments. You can. I've seen you play basketball. You're more athletic and you're you're more talented than you say you are. And so, I don't know how to Let respond say, to that. So you're. So when you got here, you were youth pastor Daniel, and with a long goatee. Right? Yeah, that's it right. Was it was long, longer at the time. It was longer yeah. at the time. I was like King Tut goatee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but right. you were Youth Pastor Daniel, and we we were friends. We were, I mean, we're still friends, but <laughs> we became friends pretty quick because I think you're not a typical youth pastor. Would you agree to that? Or I don't wear a lot of skinny jeans. Yeah, so explain how you differ from... <sighs> I, youth pastors have a look. In fact, modern pastors in general, which youth pastors fall into that, have a look. I can I can be in a parking lot at Walmart and see one yes. of them walking across the parking lot and go, that guy's a pastor. They got a white <laughs> they have V-neck. A look. They got a white V-neck, tight britches. There's actually a guy that they, has a YouTube page that calls out pastors that wear expensive shoes. Yes, preacher sneakers. Uh, yes, like, preacher sneakers. Yeah, yes, he'll awesome. point They're out funny those $350 sneakers. Yes, yes. Well, first, uh, I don't have that kind of salary, so yeah, you got, <laughs> that's the not, big difference, I think. The old yeah, so, the old Chuck Taylors? <laughs> yeah, I got the Chucks. That's about it. So, uh, I don't know the difference between me and most youth pastors. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't fall into that that mold. I guess I, I I was never I was never the alpha guy. A lot of youth pastors are the well, alpha guy in the room. Mm, I was never the alpha guy. I was always. I, don't, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Have you ever seen um, the middle the uh, TV show The Middle? Dude, you got to watch it. But there's it's this, pretty good. There's this character on there, youth pastor. What's his name? I don't know. Aaron watches it a lot, oh, and I'll man. catch some episodes. People listening so to this podcast are yelling at this probably right now. <laughs> You pastor three so-and-so. of our audience, and they're like, he just understands teens, and the dude's got a guitar everywhere he goes, <laughs> right? And he's like, you know, another person who had a hard time being a teenager, Jesus Christ. <laughs> they start playing a song, and you're like, oh my, it's such a typical youth pastor thing. Yeah, that was never me. I, 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 
I was never the guy that walked in the room and owned the room. Most most pastors, most youth, most youth pastors are, especially the younger guys. Um, I was never, if I didn't, when you're growing up in like whatever class you gave speeches in, did y'all, y'all ever do that? Did y'all have classes where you gave speeches? I mean, when I was in like elementary middle school, you had to well, give presentations, yeah. yeah. Uh, for work, I had to join, we had a Toastmasters <clears throat> club at work where you give speeches. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a club where you it's a group where you give professional speeches and you have a job and what, everyone and everyone that speaks in a meeting you either have somebody that gives a speech you have someone that grades it someone that counts the ums oh wow uh, oh the yeah, silent yeah, yeah. Ums. ums is huge everyone has job a role, so barack talk. obama yeah. wouldn't have done good i'm that getting one. anxiety <laughs> just <laughs> thinking about that because on speech day in school i i tried to be sick i hated being in front of people i was never that guy hated giving speeches didn't want anybody to look at me didn't want anybody to acknowledge that i was in the room i wanted to disappear and speech day you had to get out in front of people it was horrible well, see, and, the, the, and god called me to preach the <laughs> first thing you got to do every time is you got to be self-deprecating as soon as you walk up there guys i'm sorry i'm an idiot just work with me i do that often and as soon as you do that they're like all right this guy yeah, i kind of like this guy yeah, exactly yeah. everybody my kind of idiot right and there. then when you screw up you so go, basically Again, set the bar you. low I'm, yes so if you I mean, happen to go above no. the bar, you're like a winner. I, I thought mean, you did fine doing speaking. I never. You, my my speech that I gave at Toastmasters, I did. The title was everything I would tell you if I wanted to, if I if I could give a speech in public. And so I talked about all these <laughs> things that I would tell instead of having to tell them and elaborate on. I just told them all these things that I would tell them <laughs> if I could give a speech <laughs> in public, so and I ended up giving a speech. That's nice. funny. Oh. Nice. I don't remember where I was. I don't either. You yeah. had a speech club. You hated being up there in front well, of Oh, I wasn't a club. It was just class. Class, yes. But strangely enough, God called me to be a Do you a, still a get preacher. nervous talking in front of people? Yeah. You're over it now. No. Yeah. Well, it's not. Yeah. Oh, you don't get nervous but talking he in front used, of the he youth. Probably, I'm nervous right now. Why? It's just I'm sitting in front of a mic and people are going to listen. Dorit, listen. Take a sip of your Dr. Pepper Icy. You'll be all right. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> This is the guy that wins the men's talent show every year. Yeah, I know. By will. singing a song I found on YouTube. Hey, that's the trick, man. But you stand you up in front of everybody. You don't have to really be funny. You just have to be good at stealing somebody else's yeah. comedy. I'm good at stealing <laughs> other people's content. I'm good at that. Don't don't make me enter this and, and beat you. I think you'd be fantastic at you the know, men's talent show. Me and did Mike should have won that first one. Remember that yes. one? Yes. We should have. Did, did you hear what I did that the last time I was in the talent show, like umpteen dozen years ago? No. I blew a balloon up with my nose. <laughs> I remember you did Virgil one time. Remember that? You said, great day. Did started, I? Yeah, he started talking like Virgil. Pretty cool. I don't know. I'd like to see a video of that. I did a bunch of... Me and Misty did that clown skit. That was hilarious. She said she has it on video somewhere. I'd like to see that because that was hilarious. I was like the baby clown and she was trying to change my diaper. And it was just... Are you sure that wasn't a dream or something you I had? I don't think that so. weird, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Ask your wife about the it. Freudian slip. <laughs> so, um... Well, my first sermon when... when I told my youth pastor at the time, um, I, I say my youth pastor, I was graduated, but I told the guy I was working with, the youth pastor there, um, I said, I, I feel like God's called me to youth ministry. I need to learn to preach. And he said, okay, you're preaching next week. <laughs> oh, okay. So my first sermon was about, I planned for a good 25, 30 minute sermon and it went off in about five. Yeah. Oh so yeah. That's it was funny. It was really short. That's fine. Um, if, if you, you go real fast, you're like, and then there was Daniel in the lion's den, and then um, uh, uh, there's a I lot know. of that. <laughs> so speaking's Some, never been my forte. So. Sometimes the shorter the better. If you haven't struck oil in 20 minutes, quit drilling. The pastor, <laughs> pastor Strickland says no sermon's bad if if it's short enough. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's true. So I, I so subscribe. Beat to that. the Baptist to the restaurants. Mm-hmm. So I remember just 
I remember what I've learned from you is how to worship, which is crazy, but I learned that from Daniel. Yeah, but you told me you don't like it when people tell you to worship. Well, you didn't tell me. I think I I was helping in youth and we had to worship. You're like, we're going to worship for an hour. And then we said something like that. And I'm like, Daniel, this is a bad idea, dude. So just growing up in church, to me, this is me. Worship was the worst part of like they would you'd stand there and people would sing. sing. Yeah, and I remember people saying, "When you get to heaven, you'll just be worshiping God for eternity." That sounds terrible. I know hell sounds bad. That that does not sound good either. There will be (laughs) there will be thousands of angels and standing in a pew singing for eternity. Yeah, that'll drown you out. But uh, that's not what worship is. And Daniel showed me it's like giving your attention to God in every everything you do and in your thoughts and in everything and you don't have to sing to worship God. Can you elaborate on that or oh, worship is a, is a lifestyle. It's not yeah. just something you do right now and stop doing later. Worship uh um uh, making God number 1 in your life is the first thing you have to do to worship. And he needs to be number 1 in every part of it, not just not just at church, not just you know when you're in front of people. He has to be first in every part of your life. That's number one. And, and then after that, um, giving him glory for whatever it is that you're doing, using your gift. Everybody's gifted differently. Um, for some people, it's singing. But for some people, it is most definitely not singing. Yes. And you know who you are. Right here. <laughs> right here. So uh, whatever your gifting is, worship in it. But it can also be um, doing something you're uncomfortable with, sometimes singing together, corporate worship, because the Bible does talk about corporate mm-hmm. worship. Right. Our personal I'm not, expression... And I wasn't trying to dog corporate yeah, worship. I, I get I'm just it. saying. But our personal expression of worship is different from corporate worship. Corporate worship is what we do together because the Bible talks about how we should do that. But our expression of worship needs to be putting God number one and honoring Him in everything that we do. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, and so like you were saying, it's, it's something you can do your whole life. Mm-hmm. Worshiping God isn't something you do for five minutes you know, or 10 done. minutes in, in service and mm-hmm. you're done. It is part of your life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, it was a light bulb moment. I never, never forgot. I think just the first thing is just make him number one in, in your job and making him number one when you're parenting, when you're um, laying in bed at night and you're just pillow talking with your wife, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, he needs to be number one. And that, um, that comes in many ways. It's the same as, you know, the Bible says pray continually. A lot of people are like, how can you pray continually? You can, I can't pray when I'm sleeping, yeah, right? Like, and bless the dog. Right. And bless the <laughs> you run out of things to pray for. <laughs> the, the Bible uses a lot of, um, I don't know, I hate to say exaggerations because somebody's going to throw something at me. But the Bible uses a lot of uh, things that are exaggerated Language. to prove a point. Yeah. Um, and when it says pray continually, it means constantly be in fellowship with God, constantly be in communication with God. He wants to be your friend. He wants a relationship with you. So to pray continually means to communicate with him all the time, hang out with God, talk to him, let him talk to you all the time. You know, a good example of this is is Pastor Daryl. When he, if you see him here at work, you know, walking the hallways, he's singing. Yeah, all the time. Stop. All the and time. It's, and it's that usually man, the same song. That man is in worship his life. Or whistling. That. Have you ever heard him whistle? Yeah. He's an he's expert a, whistler. He's a pretty good whistler. He could get better. Is he a good I teacher? Because I can't no, whistle. Kidding. I want to learn to whistle. You can't whistle? I, can't I whistle, whistle better blowing in. <laughs> you just put your lips together. <laughs> I can't do Dude. it. I, can't I did do learn it. how to whistle with my fingers in class in elementary school. Oh, I can't do that. Josiah is not allowed to whistle in the house anymore. Is he allowed? He, he, he you showed him, didn't you? No, he yeah, he's, he's drove his mom crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. You're a whistle. Go outside. 
So while we have the opportunity, let's talk about the digital side, the online campus side of what we have uh, it to offer um, people at Oxford Assembly of God. I'm sure most people, most people do not even have any idea all the different platforms and places yeah. they could find. Before that, though, you did you did get fired as a youth pastor here. Is that <laughs> why you changed to another? <laughs> just just to clear the record, because that's what I heard. That's not what I heard. I'll hand you a pocket I take knife. great pride in hiring and firing. He fired Daniel. And then hired his wife. <laughs> uh, by the way, we did, when we introduced that to the youth, uh, we, we did the whole... Did you really? Yeah. Oh, I, that's I said, hey, Guys, uh, this is going to be... The Lord's telling me to move on. Yeah, the Lord's telling us to move on. I took Amanda, <laughs> I nice, took her hand. Nice, just after and, somebody else did that recently. You right. had to follow that. Yeah, oh, yeah so I was like, you know, I, I, we're, we're not going to... I'm not going to be the youth pastor anymore. And in fact, the church has already hired a, a new youth pastor. And we're going to introduce him to you tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, you're a new youth pastor. <laughs> my wife. So, but I, I let it hang there for a minute. Yeah. And uh, there was some people that were pretty excited about it and some people that were upset about it. And I, I'm not sure which that's one were which but so that's what it went down so to answer your question um so i've always been a geek but i grew up in the woods not a lot of geekery yeah i, I, I want to know more about this in the woods because you're not an in the woods kind of dude yeah and then every time you like i show you a picture of something that i'm doing out in the woods or you're like that brings me back to my childhood and yeah. i'm like bro like no we're so the i grew up in several areas but the place i i, I guess i spent most of the time at my early teen years through was um in the woods in seminole alabama where there's a blinking caution light and that's about it oh there's a hunting club pretty bustling town yeah um they they still have the the gas station with the the pump that has rotary numbers on it Mm -hmm. that's still there can you say what's the name of that town seminole i think it was a sign daniel that you missed (laughs) (laughs) that was not a sign (laughs) so seminole alabama which was between pensacola and robertsdale pensacola florida robertsdale alabama um, if you go west out of Pensacola about 15 minutes till everything disappears and it's nothing but woods, that's where I grew up. Now it's, it's grown up a lot since then. There's a lot more there. There's a lot of, um, neighborhoods and things like that, but that's where I, I spent my time. Now the church I went to was, you know, 15, 20 minutes into Pensacola from where I grew up, uh, in Seminole. But the school I went to, because I lived in Alabama, I had to go to school in Alabama, which was 45, 50 minutes, the other direction. So I I graduated from Robertsdale High School, which, by the way, is the same. Nobody knows and nobody cares. But it's the same high school that Tim Cook graduated from, the current CEO of Apple. Mm -hmm. Anyway, nobody What is it? Apple? Apple. Mm -hmm. Small small company. They might be going somewhere. Is that some fruit company? (laughs) 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 Lieutenant Dan said, we don't need to worry about money no more. (laughs) I thought, well, that's good. Well, that's the thing. (laughs) Wow, I walked into that one, I think. So, but anyway... um, did you cut the grass for free at the ball field, though? <laughs> well, we had a lot of property where I grew up, so I did cut the grass. Yeah. I love riding lawnmowers, by the way. They're awesome. And since it's, you were a gazillionaire, you cut that grass for free? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the way it went. Slap that knee, Josh. Slap that knee. It was a 50-foot trailer that I grew up in, but yeah. So, um, so I, I was in the woods. There's not a lot of geekery going on out there, so... Um, you were talking about basketball. <clears throat> I spent my afternoons after school playing sports with my cousins. I had my dad married into a, a large family, so I had lots of cousins. We were all playing something. I wasn't supposed to be inside while the sun was out kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Drink so, from the garden hose. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, drink from the garden hose, that kind of thing. So so we played one of the big three, basketball, football, or, or baseball, all the time, nonstop. And I had a couple of uncles who were pretty good at them, one of them that should have been a coach, and he taught us a lot about it, so that's what we did all the time. 
Um, so I didn't do a lot of geekery. I had some video games, but that's that's it. Nothing. It was the original Nintendo. Mm-hmm. I had the original Nintendo and the original Sega Genesis, Sonic the Hedgehog. But here at church, you were kind of pushing for we needed to have this kind of online campus. We needed this years ago. And now we're like playing the catch-up game. Mm-hmm. Feels like, but at least we're doing something. Well, you got you created the portal, so, the next step portal, which was a kind of a. Well, how I got there is I took a computer class in high school, fell in love with technology and computers. I discovered computers, I guess you could say, and so I've always since then, since high school, I've been I love technology, so I've been poking around with it. And every church I've been in since then, my primary role was always the youth pastor, but. Because of my interest in technology, I always found myself inserting myself in places where I probably mm-hmm. didn't belong. But I always ended up doing stuff with technology, and I did that here. Um, and Pastor did tell me, the one thing besides youth ministry he told me he needed me to do was to update the website. It hadn't been updated. Um, somebody else had been doing it. I don't know who. He says, we need a new website. I, I had done that at my last church. I said, okay, no problem. I didn't do too much with it at the time, but I, I had our website. And I started helping with, you know, the sound system and I started seeing, well, we need some signs put out. So I made some signs and well, we need a video for this. So I would make the video. Um, we needed somebody to edit the pastor's videos when he preached. Um, Pastor Chuck was doing it at the time, but he didn't like doing it. So I said, hey, let me do it. I'll do it. Just little by little, I started doing more and more tech stuff but, and I enjoyed it. So I, I didn't. I didn't begrudge it. I enjoyed right. it because I like doing it. And then all we stuff. moved into the new building and we had to get all new technology that right. would work. And I, I'm, I, no offense to the board, but I don't think they really thought through at the time who's going to run all this stuff. Mm-hmm. We didn't even have a computer for the sound booth. You yeah. know, it's like, what are you going to use to put on the screens? Oh, we didn't think about that. So, in, in, in their defense, they had lots of other things to think about. But should have um, had a tech guy on the board. Well, <laughs> they they did pretty good, but they, they there was still some things, and it's like, okay, we got this stuff now. What are we going to do with it? Uh, fortunately, um, you know, Rich stepped stepped up to the plate. We had some good good people that stepped mm-hmm. up to the plate, but I was just kind of the the fill in, I guess, yeah. the catch all. I, I did whatever needed to be done, and like I said, I always enjoyed it, and I found myself doing as much of that as I was youth ministry. Fortunately, Amanda's always been in youth ministry with she's she was a hundred percent in it just like I was, even though for a while she had a, a job outside the church, she was still 100% in the youth ministry. She was called to youth ministry before we got married. So she was she was doing a lot of it. I was still doing some youth ministry. Um, about two years ago, I, I sat down with Pastor, and I told him, I said, Pastor, God's moving me somehow. I don't know what that means. I don't know what it's going to look like. I haven't, I'm not looking for jobs because I don't know, I don't have any idea what the Lord's doing, but God's moving me somehow, and I don't know what. I'm just telling you. A new you, season. Yes. And he said, all right, well, let me know when God tells you. <laughs> so I just kind of left it there for a while. And I still, I just kind of went on because I, I, I felt like God was changing things. Um, I was, as much as I loved teenagers, I was just, just to be honest, I was enjoying that less and less. Um, I, I was enjoying the other stuff that I was doing more. And it was starting to get more of my attention anyway. And then COVID happened. Um, somebody needed to to do the live stream. We didn't, ha- we'd never done a live stream. We had cameras, but you know, they, they weren't really meant for what we're doing. We weren't set up for that at all. But then we didn't have a choice. We had nothing, no other option but to live stream our services. And um, so I started poking around and, and me and I got with Charlie because Charlie's like the smartest person I've ever met in my life. Yeah, he's, a, <laughs> he's an electrical engineer. Man, yeah. he's everything yeah. engineer. Yeah. So, um, you know, he and I kind of fiddled around and, and started figuring it out. And so I was... All the ministries shut down pretty much for a couple mm-hmm. of months. So that was all I had to do, really. We were still doing youth ministry kind of online, but it was very limited. 
And uh, Amanda was doing as much of that or more than I was. So I was primarily, you know, every Sunday and Wednesday while everybody was at home because they couldn't come to church, I was here. I was doing the live stream and mm-hmm. all those things. And I realized how much I loved doing what I was doing. I, I started feeling, you know, God's put me together as my love for technology. Um, the, the things that I had been doing for the church up to this time were just kind of leading to this, mo- the, this point. And I didn't know it. I, I was just, I saw a need, so I did it. Um, but more and more, I was realizing I had, God had already been laying the groundwork using me um, and among other people to kind of, to, to make that happen. So uh, Amanda and I were talking about it. She, her, her dream was to be fully employed uh, by a church, preferably our church as, uh, as a, in youth ministry, but the church had hired me, not her. Um, so we were just, um, she, she had quit her secular job. So we were just going on one income at the time. And, um, so, so I just, she and I started talking about how are we going to handle this? You know, I can't do, when we started talking about meeting back in person, I couldn't do, I couldn't do youth ministry and all the stuff I'd been doing. Something had to give. Mm -hmm. I had already kind of passed the point of no return. So it was sort of, and I never put it to pastor in the board like this because I don't make demands, but it was sort of a if if you want me to continue focusing on youth ministry, all the stuff that we've been doing has got to go. I can't I can't do it all. I never said that to him, but that's just what we're thinking you in the back of my head. Didn't slam fist down on the table. No, um, <laughs> right. I, Pastor Strickland does not respond well to threats. <laughs> so uh, I, ne- I never put it like that. But that was just I, I didn't know what to do. I was just kind of caught. So we 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 man and I decided to talk to him. We said, Hey, let's try something different this summer. Um, Amanda's gonna. Uh, well, with his permission, of course, we're we're going to let Amanda take the lead in the youth ministry and let me continue doing what I've been doing with all the, the, the live streaming, the technology, building our online campus and our online presence. So let's just try it through the summer. We're not asking for a salary change. We're not asking for anybody to make anything official. Mm-hmm. Just behind the scenes, but, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. And by this time, Amanda was ordained, right? She was. Yes, she, ordained she got ordained her. last year. Yeah. Um, so she got ordained during during the quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> her and Pastor Scott. So she was now, and Pastor said, okay, we'll, we'll do that. So she was now leading it unofficially. So through the summer, she was leading it. I was just following her lead. I was just kind of one of the helpers. And then at the end of the summer, what was it, September? September, October, September, October. Um, we were already talking about budgets for the next year, and we were trying to figure out, okay, now what? Um, we, we, uh, we, we had agreed through the end of the summer, and... Okay, now what? So we talked to pastor and said, we'd, we'd like to make this, permanent. we'd like to make this permanent. Uh, I think it's good for the church. Um, pastor mm-hmm. seemed to like it. Uh, so he mm-hmm. talked to the board. I don't know what those conversations look like behind well, the scenes. Let's, let's come back before we finish out with that. So what else did you build? Like you had to build a full, uh, you had to build a, a team of online hosts that had to be trained because they, we could get somebody that emails or calls in and says, Hey, I'm I'm contemplating suicide, or I'm thinking about this, and there's got to be parameters. So uh, the hosting is one small part of our online campus that we're building out. The hosts are people who are literally monitoring our live stream. Uh, we encourage people to chat. I know that some people are like, I can't talk during service, but we encourage people to chat because a we don't know that you're there if you don't say something, but b um, it's it's they don't have people watching online don't have the advantage of a, of a lobby a church lobby to to interact to 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 talk to one another to fellowship that's a very churchy word we use for building relationships mm-hmm. they don't have that so that's how we do it online we encourage them to talk to chat and um, 
when when they're there, we don't want to just regurgitate what we do in person online and say, okay, here you go. Good luck. Mm -hmm. We wanted to actually minister to these people. We wanted to be there to to minister their needs, to pray with them. And the church online platform, we go to Facebook and YouTube too, but specifically the church online platform, they have built a built-in prayer functionality. You can go, you can click the button and go into a private prayer chat with one of our hosts and they can pray with you right then and they are live. They text you the prayer? It's in, it's in the, it's, it's online. It's on our website. Um, it's, it's not a text. It's, it's a, oh, it's a chat room. It's oh. on the computer. You can do it on your phone too, but it doesn't text your phone. It's just all within the platform. And so I had to build a team of people that could pray with people because especially, honestly, the biggest thing I needed was a female because if somebody come in, a female come in and needed prayer about things that females need to talk about, I needed a female to, to, mm -hmm. to pray with them. So, and since nobody at the time was doing anything else because we were in quarantine, uh, I had a, uh, you know, a significant team. Uh, I've won by one lost pretty much everybody on that team, not because um, they quit, but because the other ministries, they were all involved in something else. Mm -hmm. So our other ministries have restarted. So they've, they've kind of found, found their way back to those. So I'm recruiting again, if you're, if you're listening, I, <laughs> I could use your help. And by being a host, that means you can, obviously you could set up a computer somewhere, but yeah, I've, you could be at home. Yeah. You can be anywhere. Yes. It's so. all online and, and they can literally pray with people. We've, we've, we've prayed um, with a lot of different people from different places. Uh, Facebook and YouTube doesn't have that functionality, but I, I always, I'm there watching that stream. And if somebody has any prayer requests, I'll literally type out a, a prayer to them right then and there, mm -hmm. if they're comfortable with it. And I'll pray for them right there. And just saying, you're going to pray for somebody helps, but actually typing in a prayer actually really means something to people, um, especially if I'm actually praying that prayer. And, and I, we have a, a form if, for people that want more privacy. They can go and fill out a private form so it's not public on Facebook, but they can do that on Facebook and YouTube. So, but that's just one small part of our online campus. What we're tr trying to build out, so, so my uh, personal struggle with all of this was, how do I be the church geek, <laughs> the technology guy, and still be a pastor. Uh, it, it, how, how do you merge those two things? To be the guy that's doing all the, the tech stuff, but also pastor people. Because I still felt called to pastor people, not just to do behind-the-scenes tech stuff. I still felt called to pastor people. Well, the, the being able to have our online campus gave me that. I could do both. I could do the, all the technology, the geek stuff, and still pastor people. So people that watch online, I keep up with them. I, I, I send them messages during the week. I, I, if, if, they, if they had prayer requests, I follow up with them, ask them how things are going. Um, I, I, sometimes I'll send my voice, I'll send a voice prayer to them. Um, I'm pastoring these people. And a lot of the people were our people that couldn't come, and some of them still are, but we're starting to grow an audience of people who like our style of church, which has a very specific style. They like our style, so they attend our service online. And now I'm able to pastor. We've, we've got a lady, um, Miss, Miss, well, I won't name her name, but um, she's up in northern Alabama. And um, she, um, I can't remember how she told me she found her church, but um, I keep, she, she had a hip surgery a couple of weeks ago. And so I, she and I have been talking and praying. So I'm able to, to minister to people just like her. Um, anywhere in the world, we can minister to them. So I can still be a pastor of these people. And we have somebody in, in Seattle or, or, or somewhere out mm -hmm. there that Some wakes members, up. Yeah. They wake up early. <laughs> to get to, to watch service live mm -hmm. when they could watch wow. it. What other platform? I mean, you can watch a Sunday yeah. service if it's, if it's not copyrighted because of the music. You can watch it live. You can watch it live on Facebook and YouTube or the church online platform, all of which you can find mm -hmm. links to on our yes. website. 
Um, you can always replay it on YouTube at any point. And you can replay Facebook and YouTube at any point, again, then, unless there's copyright right. issues like the Cantata. And then you can listen to it via up the podcast mm-hmm. uh, platform on our, the website. What I do is I take our Sunday messages and cut just, just the message part of it, because that's the part that lends itself to a podcast. And that's part of this podcast. If you've subscribed to it, you you get that. So any, any Sunday morning messages go into this podcast right here. So our online campus, some of our, our dreams for the online campus, besides being all the things I just mentioned, uh, we want to be influential on social media. Um, for good or ill, social media is not going anywhere. And if if you could go to a place where everybody's already at yeah. and build a church, right. why shouldn't you do that? Mm-hmm. So that's well, what we're trying to do. Um, I, I just think the church is always should and should always exist in the marketplace of ideas and right now you're right that's social media yeah uh, for good or ill that's <laughs> yeah. where it is i mean it's it's like anything else it's a tool that can be used for mm-hmm. good or for bad so the, the more good we can try to put in it the... mm-hmm. let, let me ask you though like you were saying that these these folks throughout the country who who are tuning in or going on the line is that how they say it <laughs> on the line on, yeah, the, on, on the, the webs on the wide world on the web. interwebs um what what's the what's the reason they would because there's mega churches, there's plenty of them, mm-hmm. and they do this too. Why would I choose a little church in Oxford over one of these mega churches? I have a really good answer for that. Yeah. Um, you're right. They can. Why choose our church over the now thousands of churches who are online? Mm-hmm. Um, I told Pastor because I, I didn't have an answer to that early on. We were streaming, but that's just because we had to. But why would they continue? Why would we continue to stream, and why would people continue to watch us after they can come back to church? My answer to that is most churches, not all of them, I don't want to offend anybody who's listening, but most <laughs> churches um, who are going to continue live streaming after the quarantine is finally, whenever that is, when it's finally lifted, um, most of those churches are very modern, bleeding-edge modern churches, and their style is very mm-hmm. modern, bleeding-edge. If you've watched any of our services, you know that's not our style. We have a, a kind of a blend of traditional and contemporary, probably leans a little towards the traditional. We have a style, and people can watch any church on the planet, but they can't watch, um, they can't get what we offer. It's limited. It's very I, limited. Yeah, I, I don't want to say they can't, but it's very it's I think it also limited. has a personal feel. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, because cause Pastor will get up there and he'll kind of converse with some of the people in the crowd you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so like when you're in service and then you know he's like you know what do you think blah 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 you know what i mean like mm-hmm. he he brings the congregation into it sometimes yeah. and i think that helps you know when, when people yeah, are looking for connection yeah they're everybody's yeah. looking for the connection mm-hmm. that's true and so when they see this guy's connecting with his congregation yeah. that mm-hmm. that help you know what i mean that mm-hmm. gives them more of a reason to yeah. to want to Tune in. Yeah. So and I think we have every a niche. Sunday. Yeah, and I think mega churches they they have they have a good role too because they're out sure. there. But one of the downsides of it is, I don't know if you you feel like cattle. You know, you're, yeah. you're moved in and moved out, and it's hard to make connections. And and they tend to just be they tend to be very um, young person oriented, and that's not bad. That's their audience. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not our audience, and that's probably never going to be our audience. Yeah. But that's fine. That, and there, that's and our niche. There's some people that don't want the connection. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Where you know they might be an introvert or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, what there's I mean? plenty so of that... young people here, by the way. Just mm-hmm. it's not just old <laughs> oh, folks. We have some folks that they will, when they're watching online, they will greet me at the very beginning, say, "Hey, how are you?" And we'll talk for a second. But then after that, I don't hear from them anymore the rest of the service because yeah. they were they were they been in church for a long time and talking in churches. Is... It's time to listen. Yeah, it's yeah. time to listen. And there's there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, so that's they don't talk anymore because they're focused. They're listening mm-hmm. to to what they're doing. So. 
I guess that answers your question. I think we have a niche because we're going to continue the board, uh, you know, board willing. Yeah. We're we're going to continue. This podcast doesn't chase them off. <laughs> well, yeah. this podcast is another, you know, hour plus that Daniel has to be here to set up, listen but, to us, and then he has to edit it all. I was hoping to train somebody to do that, but yeah. I've had so much fun doing it. I don't want to let it go. You know, it's funny though how we're mixed in with the sermons. It's like you get wisdom and the Holy Spirit, and, and then all you get the, us, and then you get us. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we'll make poke fun at Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> and so about we, is put, it we we you broadcast the Sunday morning second service, mm-hmm. the 10 and then service. Wednesday and Sunday night. Or so we have Sunday morning our ten o'clock service, and of course it's there once it's streamed. It's there for you to watch after that. We also um, pastor we record Pastor Strickland's Sunday evening broadcast. We record that on Thursdays. Uh, we record that straight from his office. I thought it had a great look. It's got a wall of books behind him. I thought it had a great look mm-hmm. in there. So I record that and I edit it. And it streams, it's called a simulated live. It actually, it's pre-edited, but uh, we post it online and it streams as if it were live um, and people can watch it and we chat with them and various things there. But then it's, again, it's there in, in perpetuity after it streams in our Wednesday night Bible study as well. And we also, you also um, provide the pastor's daily call. Mm-hmm. You, you set that up? Yep. Pastor's phone call, which was... It's actually been really good for our online campus to, 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 to be successful on social media. You need to have content regularly, Consistent. but you also need to have people interacting with that content. That's that's what tells the algorithm on Facebook, for good or ill, hey, this content's important enough to show people. Let's show it to more people. So I needed stuff to post. And I'm good at the tech stuff, but coming up with things, I'm just one guy. I couldn't. I can't come up with something every single day. I just mm. I don't have it in me right now. Um so pastors at the beginning of the quarantine started doing, he'd, he'd, he'd been wanting to do, I think he wanted to do radio. I think that's what he said. Uh, and it, he wanted to record, do a radio show as if it were a phone call, that he was talking to somebody, um, just sharing with uh, them a little I bit. I thought of he wanted to do the Elvis channel. I was like, there's already <laughs> a satellite too, channel yeah. that has that. <laughs> so uh, he saw that as the perfect opportunity. Hey, let's, let's do this video. And it, we, did, we weren't sure what to expect with that, but it became uh, an every every weekday thing, and, and people seem to love it. It's it's unedited. It's just, just usually it's Marsha, uh, Miss Marsha. She she records it for him. She's his camera person, and and she just gets out there. There's there's no. It's just a phone. There's no equipment. Yeah, there's, but there's that, no editing. I like that the best. I think that's what seems, people like, it's, and it's great because they'll have he had wild turkeys walk by mm-hmm. his his household pets. When he was on the beach, appearance. the wind's blowing. Down. Like, yeah, I can't, you can't hardly, hardly hear, hear them, anything. But it's 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 raw. <laughs> it's like it's like real. It's just Pastor Strickland being Pastor yes. Strickland, sharing a thirty to sixty second little tidbit yeah um and pe- uh, people are blessed by it yeah, so it's good it's, and it's consistent really good. you know you can log on and hear mm-hmm. a consistent it's the message except it's the church. The two or three times that i mess that up okay. yes <laughs> or when we have uh yeah copyright yeah well, one, one of our one of our dreams rusty is... and i to record music and record songs and yeah. so never mind crickets <laughs> <laughs> so one of our dreams um we we want to have, uh, I don't know what to call it, but I, I call it a microsite. We want to have po- uh, pop-up churches. Um, so not just, uh, we can call it a viewing party. People that are watching us online most of the time are alone or maybe with their family. We'd like to have microsites so that maybe if there's a group of 25 people over in the South Leesburg area that enjoy our content, 
let's get them all together in one room. We can put it up on a big screen. They can enjoy our service together. And it's like they're another campus. And we can, if it, if, if it gets organized enough, we can even have a pastor of that campus who looks after those people. He shepherds and pastors those people, looks after them, checks in on them when they're sick and mentors them and all that stuff. But they still, they're still part of our church because they, they view our service online on Sundays or Wednesdays or whatever. So they're part of our church. They're part of our family. We're supporting them. They're supporting us. It's, it's a microsite. That's that's mm-hmm. one of our dreams to get to one day. Um, and then let's see, what what else? Oh, we have our, our social influencers team, by the way. I'm just putting plugs social in Social influencers team? Yes. So is, is my, I have a MySpace page. Is that good? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm with you, man. I've got these things. Have you heard of it? Floppy disks. Dude, <laughs> you don't even need a file cabinet anymore. You can store everything you want on them, and you can just put them in your bag and walk around. That's crazy talk. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to investing a lot of money in the floppy oh disk business. Floppy disks. Have you heard of them? Yep. You probably couldn't so even put have, this podcast on one. <laughs> yes. So to have inst- like Instagram, so, in order to have Instagram, you got to have Facebook. Uh, well, no, you don't oh, you have don't? to, oh. but uh, but they're, they're owned by the same company, but oh. you can have one or the other. So I'm trying to put together a team. I only have a few people on it, but like I said earlier, to get traction on social media, you need people interacting with it. So I'm trying to put together a team. That, Are you calling them influencers? Though? Yeah, because um, when we post something that we think is important or, or, or whatever, um, we'll, we actually will send them a text. Say, hey, we just posted this. Go comment, like it, and share it You know, on whatever platform you're on, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Go interact with it in some way that sends signals to Facebook. Um, hey, this is important stuff. So, uh, so they're so not doing them, like makeup tutorials and putting eyelashes no. on and stuff. No, that's that all, what, that's somebody else. Is um, that what the influencers do nowadays? <laughs> so, but the idea is they're they're influencing the people in their circles. You know, be, people in my circles are different than their circles. So when they share our content, people in their circles have a better chance of seeing it than they would if somebody like one of you guys shared it. So, I'm trying to build a team right now. It's just a few people, but I'd like to have you know a whole bunch of people that whenever we put something out there, I can send them a text. Hey, we just put this thing out there. Go look for it. Go like it, comment and huh. share it. It sends signals to Facebook. Hey, this is important. Show it to people. That's and it just, idea. it puts it out further. So I don't want to say it's cheating the system, but, but that's yeah. a little bit what it is. I don't know. Weren't there people like farming likes from China or something like that? They'd pay some Chinese people. Yeah, we're not to... doing that. These are actual people. I mean, These that's are not a people. bad idea. <laughs> I'm just saying. Then you also set up the, the, the portal, uh, the portal, which is next, it has steps you can go through mm-hmm. if you have questions on salvation. Any you have, you have drilled it down so far, all the way to where they can even get and access mm-hmm. the right now media mm-hmm. for free. So we have two. We are we have one website, but there's a special part of our website that I call the portal. It has its own address, even though it forwards to the same page. Uh, I I gave it its own address, so our main website points to people that are outside of our church that don't already go to our church. They're our audience. They don't know who we are. They don't know what we're about. That's our main, the main part of our website. The Next Steps portal, it's part of that website, but it's kind of a separated area. Um, it's for the people who already go here. You know, if, if you go here, now what? What do I do now? Where's my class at? How do I get involved? How do I sign up for things? Where, where do I go? It's, it's, a, it's a bulletin. It's a sign-up sheet. It's a um, it's interaction, you know, all of those things. We try to kind of have it housed in one place. And one of the tools on there, I did call it My Next Steps, but that was so close to the Next Steps portal, it was confusing. So we renamed it. Uh, it's called Growth Track now. And that tool actually can literally walk people, to, it takes them by the hand and walks them through what it means to be a Christian. What's my next step? Because if you're not growing as a Christian, you're, you're not 
um, you've kind of missed it. You should always be taking a next step. There's always a next step. So it literally walks them through what the next step is. It doesn't have to be in that order. It doesn't even, there's lots of little steps in between that, that probably need to be done too. So it's a very high level thing, but, um, but it's things like, okay, what's it mean to be saved? Um, okay, now what? What's after, sa- uh, after I get saved? Well, baptism. Okay, well, this is how to sign up to be baptized. Here's what baptism means, why we do it. Uh, the next step after that is getting, well, I don't know if it's the next step, but one of the next steps is, you know, you should get involved with a small group. Well, here's our small groups and why you should get involved with it. Um, there's our, our mission stuff is there. That's That was the place that housed our mission thing. Uh, how do I get involved in missions? Why do I give to missions? Why, do I, why should I give to anything at all? You know, how to give to the church. It like I said, it walks people through what their next step is in their growth and how they can take that step. So it's not meant to be the only thing. It's not meant to replace, you know, uh, mm-hmm. preaching and, and teaching and, and the, the gathering of the saints, but it's a tool, especially for those who aren't here. People mm-hmm. that are online, how can they take a next step in their faith when they can't come to this, this campus? Well, we have a lot of online tools to do that. And then you also have the video room and mm-hmm. you have people that and you video and we need help. We need helpers up there always in the back uh, operating the cameras. So the video room has two purposes. It has the camera operator that literally operates the cameras for the services. Um, and that's rem- all remote control. They, they have one chair that they can operate all of our cameras from. But we also have um, where we record things like our video announcements um, other special videos, like we have a, a bus, bus kids video that we're going to be, um, showing here in a little bit. Um, any special video, the, the veterans day videos that we, we mm-hmm. put out, mm-hmm. that all gets recorded in our, in, up, up in the video room as well. So we ha- we have, you know, the, the cameras and, and microphones and various things like that up there. So we've acoustically treated the room because when we started recording, it sounded like you were in a barrel. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that room gets a lot of use these days. So we have a lot of technology offerings and it's, consistent uh how else would you characterize it uh it, it's um growing, growing. Um, we're, we're still trying there's a we have a lot a big vision for a lot of this and right now it's, it's mostly just me i've got a small team of people who do certain things but uh, if you're listening i need lots of help and training <laughs> is available you can find out more at oag.church but we're always growing we're trying to get um, to get more volunteers because the more people I get involved, the more we can do. So what's, um, what, what do you mean more? What's the next thing? So, um, one of, one of the things I'd like to do, I want to have a service pre-show. Okay. So when it, our service starts at 10, but I'd like to go live at, I don't know, quarter till or 20 till or ho- however much we have where we have a pre-show where, uh, I would love to have sort of like this. I'd like to have some, some people just kind of um, talking about things, giving an, an oh. interview. Let's interview somebody. Let's let's so like um, a football game. You got the an analyst right. up there. It's, like, it's what do you game. think he's going to talk about today? <laughs> well, Jim, you know, if if Pastor goes yes. in this direction, we'll get him a telestrator. <laughs> it's more likely that he's going to win. It's game day for for uh, for our church. We've it's got exactly Elizabeth on the field. Elizabeth, what do you see down there? <laughs> I would love to have something like that. That's exactly it. So, but we got to have people to do that because for the most part, it's. It, I don't. I do have people helping me, but for the most part, all the extra stuff that we're talking about is just me. Right. So I, I need personalities to to be the on screen personalities. I need directors. I, I need church ain't low on personalities. Right. Yeah. And also the youth. In a good way. The <laughs> youth <laughs> ministry is highly technic. I mean, you do videos. You do mm-hmm. online. I mean, I, I was watching you set up yesterday, and it's you've got. Th- 
four, three, com- three computers I saw. Yeah. Plus the, the, the drums. You don't need all those computers. Or so, screens, I should say. No, well, I wouldn't say screen. I'm just about computer. Yeah, technically, yeah. it's just one computer, but there yeah. are uh, multiple iPads yeah. involved. Um, we have an iPad that controls our sound system, an iPad that controls the computer that controls the screens. We have an iPad that controls... He's such a show for Apple. I'm telling you, he owns stock in Apple, and every time he says I mention it, I graduated from the same high smart. school. <laughs> Is the CEO of Apple, um, and we have an iPad that runs our our, our worship tracks that uh, runs our stems, and we have an iPad that has the lyrics for the the band. So yeah, there's lots of technology there. Our our sound system is all based on an iPad and in ear monitors and things like that. So so yeah, there's a lot a lot going on there. I had to I had to get some help with all that. I didn't do it all myself, but um, but I'm the nerd, so I'm, right. I'm the one that makes it happen. <laughs> all right, so now you got to. You've got to tell us some stories about your time here that are just crack people up. You know, there's. Well, you know, it reminded me some some people have been coming back to church that may that stopped coming here around the time you started. It's made me think about the the cycle of the youth of, mm-hmm. of how who's been involved, helpers you've had. You've had a a cousin of mine. Um, that's a mm. that's um. I don't want to get it wrong, but he's he's in the Air Force now. He's a he's a uh, he's flying planes. Yes, um, he's not general listed. I want to say he's captain or lieutenant or. Uh, but you've had a lot of he people looks helping. Like you've America. had people. You've trained people. Uh, you've helped people come through here, and just thinking of the personalities and the people, and oh, we want the uh, juicy stuff too. I don't know if I have any juicy you stuff. Do, you do. You do. I can't think of anything right now. You put me on the spot. Um, it is interesting, you know, we've been here a decade now, so it is interesting to see, um, you know, a lot of our teenagers, like uh, there's one who was here when we got here, and now she she's working in, in the medical field, and she has a couple of kids, and, and her sister is now in, in our youth, and if you're listening, you know who you are. Um, but uh, it's interesting to, to kind of see the people that, that we have influenced in some form or fashion um, over the years. Um, you know, we've been very involved with the schools. My wife's still very involved with the schools. She, she teaches there sometimes twice a week. Um, and it is definitely interesting. Um, as far as specific stories, if, if I had thought about it ahead of time, I would probably have one. I can't think of anything. Summer contests. Uh, uh, yeah. Youth camps. Well, the biggest but thing did, about our wait, summer did contest. Did you fire Josh from being a helper with youth after a summer contest? <laughs> probably no, should have. he did. I think that's a Look, story. I did. <laughs> I taught them kids how to win. Uh, you still owe money. Oh yeah, well, that owe you still good. <laughs> so our summer contest I'm sure we do. He owes a lot of money. Our summer contest we do every year during the summer, and it's because generally during the summer kids can go anywhere and everywhere. So we we kind of lighten things up a little bit during the <laughs> summer, and we do this big contest to keep kids involved. And um, it inc- it's a point system. We put them in yep. teams. Sometimes they do individual, but usually it's in teams, and they earn points just for normal church stuff: attendance, offering Bible, yep. bringing a guest, offering, offering. The good one. That's that's the one. Listen. And, and Josh is a Hamblin. Apparently, all Hamblins are cheaters. Whoa, that's what whoa, I've learned whoa. through that's, the years. That's the line too far. And so Listen, jo- Josh was I, a no, team I need leader. to defend my family's honor right here. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> oh. You're the least of the cheaters. If you don't make those rules rock solid, there <laughs> are loopholes exactly in every uh, everywhere. And that's not cheating, Daniel. So there was there was a prize to win. It's not a big, valuable prize, but everybody wants to win the prize. So Josh, in our first year to do the summer contest, which was the best year, I think, we did the yeah, Avengers awesome. that year. It was awesome. Uh, Josh was in charge of Team Thor, I believe. Oh, yes. Yep. Yep. Whoever be worthy. And, oh, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, Josh was exactly mm-hmm. that the whole time. He was looking for ways, not necessarily to cheat, but to 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 find uh, the cracks in in yeah. in the in the surface, to to bend every rule, to find the the places that we didn't think of mm-hmm. to figure out ways to win. But you know and, what? I taught those kids how to win. Uh, he sa- what he did is sandbag us you, because no, they got points for offering, and he had um he he told the kids we're not going to put any any offering in until the last day. <laughs> And that's how we're going to win. We're going to save it all we were up win. That to was the last one. day. And a lot of it ended up being IOUs that never oh, got paid. What's a couple thousand dollars with Whatever. friends? <laughs> Listen, but you, he separated this team up. And Fingers are these, being pointed, half people. Half of these challenges were like athletic. And he made me short on the athleticism side of this. And so I had to be creative. If I was going to win, like my team isn't going to run down the field and, and pick up the ball before the rest of the guys. So we had to do stuff. I'm like, you got to trip them at the starting line. It's the only <laughs> chance you have. And, and since we and didn't I make the them, rule, no tripping. I taught them that no matter what, you can beat the alpha in the room. <laughs> Life lessons. That's right. Yeah, John, Josh cheats at everything. No, it's well, he's also cheating. told me stories about other family gatherings where he's the least of the cheaters. Yeah. So, so well, there, there's we, a game that Josh got us to play as a you know little family group, whatever, get together. Is it Capture the Flag? No, it's One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Oh, okay. And so game. he's excellent he's, game by the way. He started teaching us how to play with this game is much funner if you don't cheat. And then cheated the whole no, time. No, no, no. He's he's true. I could say if you cheated, it wouldn't be as fun. But this Look, guy sitting over here going, "I don't cheat." If he starts off cheat. telling you how to play a game with, it's you funner keep throwing if you this don't cheat. cheat word around. But if you're playing Monopoly and you're the banker, you no, you don't. You have you perks don't. to that. <laughs> you get to loan yourself money you if you need to. Settle down there, J.P. Morgan Chase. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why America's in the financial crisis. It is. <laughs> I had an epic game of manhunt, capture the flag going on at Camp Sozo in a Royal Ranger outing that, <laughs> that we had to cut short for two reasons. One of them was Josh. What did he do? No, it was an argument on that. We definitely need no, to go into There's other individuals involved. Other individuals involved, but I understand where you're coming from. Pastor Daniel. So you've had to deal with it too. Yes. Okay, I do get a little competitive. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't allowed to be a team leader after that. Yeah, he he's we used Actually, to. Get, I think he did the next year too, but that was that was it. We used yeah. to get together here on Friday nights and play football, and then I just kept beating Josh over and over and what over are you talking again. About? So finally, he just said, "We're not going to get together anymore." <laughs> that's a, that's, that's a lie. That's exactly you know. what happened. He decided he didn't want to get beat by me anymore, yeah, so we lie. stopped doing football on Friday nights. Uh, yep. Oh. So that little rabbit trail, but that was so the technology and the youth technology in the church is is and and just as you get and and we we're seeing this with soundboards and lights as you get the technology uh, programmed and understood, then it becomes obsolete and you got to replace it every and, time. And then one thing doesn't re talk to the other and then you're back through i was hoping to get a new video system this year because the one we have is this one we got when we got the new building and it wasn't made for what we're doing and can't be really upgraded anymore so i submitted a proposal when it was budget time but now our soundboard has died and it costs more than the new video system that i was hoping for this year so we're gonna have to get a new soundboard all right i'll pay my ou will that help you out (laughs) nope not even which iou is that the drink iou or iou oh that's right he has two tabs going well i'm sure that drink one's pretty high every time he walks in there he grabs a drink i'm like you're not gonna put any money in i get them later i got him on video (laughs) let's prop prop you up with the grant or the 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 grant 
that you obtained for the church. Oh, okay. So um, that particular one that you're talking about is from Google. Um, so Google offers nonprofit grants um, to qualifying nonprofits. So I jumped through all the hoops, which was significant. They don't make it easy, but I jumped through all the hoops to get it. So and they you said you're not athletic. Yeah, <laughs> I, I jumped through those hoops like the best. Um, so we get $10,000 a month in free advertising. So um, from Google and that's specific advertising, we can't do like video um, ads. It's just very specific text-based um, ads, but $10,000 is a lot of ads. And Google, the way Google works, Facebook is more for people who already know who you are um, or in what you're about generally. But Google is for people who they're not searching for you. They're just searching. They don't know what they're searching for all the time. Usually it's like churches near me or Assembly of God churches, whatever. They're just searching for something, kid, kids activities. So um, using that grant, we put keywords on Google um, to help people to help people find us. So and we have a lot a lot of keywords that we're using now. I had to I had to get some help with that. The board doesn't know that yet, but I had to get some help because staying on top of Google keywords is a full time job in and of itself. So just we got the free ads, but you still have to stay on top of it, or the ads go away. So I had to farm that out. But uh. we've, we've already spent this month in the free advertising. You can see how much it would have cost, and we're up just in. Uh, in the last two weeks, we've spent about dollars $3,000, $2,500, $3,000, something like that. And we have two sets of ads. We have keywords for our local stuff. Here's who we are, how to get to us. But we also have, because we're doing online ministry, we have national ads. So people can find us anywhere in the country. Um, and that one's been about $1,000 by itself. So, <laughs> yeah, Google ads. We run Facebook ads, too. Um, we've got one going right now for Easter that um, we've had a lot of people interacting with. And... Um, our website has a plan your visit um, button on it. So the idea is um, people who are planning to come visit our church, uh, they can go ahead and tell us who they are and what their you know kids' names is and their ages. Um, so they, they are already coming. They know where to go. They know what to expect because the, the website helps them with that. And we get their information. A lot of that comes from the ads that we're running. So we've gotten a whole bunch of them this week. So excited about Easter. All right. Well, um, I think... Uh, I can't think of a techie way to um, close this session. You got one, Thomas? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Josh? <laughs> you you got final words, Daniel? Anything? Yes, final words. On your heart People want to you hear wanna... you, and they're going to hear you now after this episode, just in the background as usual. Will you have any parting words? Um, <clears throat> parting words. Um, what you do online is probably going to be there forever. So... Mm. Um, remember that when you're online. That Instagram out algorithm. <laughs> yeah, watch that thing. Even if you think it's private, it's probably not. So that's just a little word of advice. Think of what you're putting online and um, and stop arguing. You can't win an argument online. You Does can't. that include Yelp reviews? I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. Thank you, you can't win an argument online. I've never met somebody who who became a Christian because they were argued with on Facebook. So stop the arguing. Just love people. Uh, show grace there you go all right that's a good ending thank you all right y'all we just want to thank you for listening to our podcast today the whatsoever things podcast is just a group of folks sitting around talking about their faith and it does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the leadership of oxford assembly of god don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can subscribe in whatever your favorite podcast application is. And if you'd like to find out more information about our church, you can visit our website at www.oxfordag.org. 
That's O-X-F-O-R-D-A-G dot org. We'll see you next time.